Hello there and welcome to what is the very first episode of the Waiting in the Sky podcast with me, TJ Starman. So uh, what I want to accomplish with this podcast is something that I've really wanted to do for a long time is just have an outlet for me to talk about some of my favorite things. And so that would range from movies and video games uh, to sports, TV, all of those types of things, some of the things that I'm most uh, fascinated by, most interested in. And so I just wanted to kind of have this outlet for me to talk about them and, you know, hopefully share some insights and opinions with some people uh, who are also interested in those things. So I'm very excited to finally be recording this first episode. Um, It's been a long time in the making and and I'm really excited uh, to be actually sitting here and recording for the first time. So um, what I'm actually going to do with this first episode is it's going to be part one. Uh, And so you already know that looking at the title, uh, part one of three, and I'm going to dive into the comedic acting of Adam Sandler. Um, And so this is someone who I've really enjoyed the work for a long time, Um, very high and low um, over the years, but a very prolific actor. So there's a lot to kind of look at. And so I thought this would be a great kind of starting point uh, for me to, to talk about movies and kind of share my opinion, share my viewpoints um, and things like that. So um, breaking it down into three parts uh, was super easy because looking at uh, his filmography, there are some very distinct uh, eras that I would identify. And so I think there's three Um, I'm going to kind of get into that information later on. But if you are listening to this right now, I just wanted to say it means so much to me. And I really hope that you have a good time with me uh, today. So this is uh, episode one of three on Adam Sandler. Okay, so I really want to start by kind of just explaining how I'm breaking down Adam Sandler's filmography. Um, so I'll start off by saying I'm, I'm only looking at uh, his comedic roles and the movies that he has been the star in. And so he, typically he has um, like a you know producer role at minimum, but also sometimes writing uh, credit as well. And But I'm looking at all the, the comedy films that he's been in as the star. And so they'll be pretty recognizable, of course, uh, but I'm not looking at any of the the like dramatic roles. So I know like Punch Drunk Love and um, I'm totally blanking on it. Uh, The the recent one, um, the A24 movie uh, that I am totally blanking on. I can't even think of it, Uh, but it was the super stressful one. Um, Those are both really good Adam Sandler movies, but I'm not going to talk about them because they're, I'm looking specifically at his comedic roles. Um, So I thought the easy way to kind of break this down is looking at his career and kind of uh, noticing just trends and kind of a nice little grouping that we can kind of fall into. So um, Adam Sandler, everyone should probably recognize the name, Um, obviously started out uh, with stand-up comedy, um, started in uh, SNL uh, as well and got super popular on SNL. And so from there kind of rolled that into his comedic acting Um, and so he had a role, a starring role in um, Going Overboard in 1989. Um, I'm also not going to be talking about this movie at all because this was actually before SNL. And it wasn't really, although he was a star in it, he was still very young in his career and basically just kind of young in general. And so it doesn't really fit 
where I want everything else to, to line up. And so that's another little caveat is I'm not going to be covering 1989's Going Overboard. So if you were hoping to hear me talk about that, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. So very sorry. Uh, maybe I can do a special podcast on that one. But looking at his career and the films that he made, uh, I keep talking about these three distinct eras. And again, I think I'm going to put the name of the era in the podcast uh, title. So you're already going to see what I'm calling this. And so this episode is going to be covering what I call the golden era. Um, and so this is from Billy Madison, 1995 through click in 2006 is what I would uh, consider to be the golden era of Adam Sandler comedies. Uh, after that, we have uh, what I'm calling the buddy era. Um, so Adam Sandler notoriously has a lot of his friends um, in cameos or in major roles in the movies. So um, it seemed like a fitting name for this next era that starts with, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry in 2007, um, ending with uh, Blended in 2014. So that's kind of where I draw that line. And then the last era is going to be the Netflix era. So Adam Sandler had um, a, a deal with Netflix where he's releasing uh, Netflix originals um, through the production company, Happy Madison. And so that's been a, it's been kind of where he's put out his, his comedies um, since 2014 with uh, The Cobbler. Um, and then I'm considering that all the way up to at the, the time of recording, his last comedy, which is Hubie Halloween uh, in 2020. So that's the three eras. We're looking at the golden era from 1995 to 2006, the buddy era from 2007 to 2014, and then the Netflix era, 2014 to 2020. And so I'm going to try um, and do my best to kind of focus on the specific eras in each part of this three-part um, podcast series. So we're going to start with the golden era today, and I will get into the following two and the following in parts two and three. I'm uh, going to also explain the format of uh, how these episodes are going to go. So uh, I want to kind of go film by film and just give like my my thoughts and, and my initial feelings on, on each movie and, and um, kind of explain which movies fall into which era. Um also want to really compare like my personal ranking of these movies per era um, with their Rotten Tomatoes score. So if you're not familiar with Rotten Tomatoes, um, it's a website that um, has a really interesting way of giving a, a percentage ranking to a movie. Um, and so uh, the way it works is that every movie review is going to be scored as fresh or rotten um, based on what uh, score that the, the critic gives the, the movie. And so what the actual percentage score is, is uh, based on how many of those reviews are fresh and how many are rotten. So if I say that a film is 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, that means that 75% of critics uh, enjoyed it, thought it was good, um, and 25% thought it was not good. And so same thing, you flip it. If it's 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, that means uh, only 25% of people that watch this film thought it was good, 75% thought it was bad. So uh, it's based on the number of positive reviews. It's not necessarily the score that that movie received. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. But I do think it's nice as kind of an aggregate rating system to compare my personal, uh, my personal feelings with. So 
that's the format that I'm going to be taking at the end. I'll kind of go through and compare like the biggest difference between uh, a Rotten Tomatoes ranking and my personal ranking and kind of share a little bit about that just because I think that kind of thing is interesting. So we are going to start with the very first uh, comedic role, a starring role for Adam Sandler that I want to be talking about, which is Billy Madison, 1995. So this is arguably uh, his most iconic role uh, to date. Billy Madison is a uh, very iconic uh, if you're not familiar, it's about a grown man who kind of coasts through life on his rich father's coattails and uh, then has to take over his business potentially. And uh, in order to prove that he can do that, he goes uh, back through uh, different grades of school and it is uh, just ridiculous, but I think it's great. I, I love Billy Madison. Um, it's also one half of where uh, the production company Happy Madison gets its name from, um, kind of goes into how iconic and meaningful this particular movie is uh, to to Adam himself, uh, most likely, and just like iconic and recognizable as well. So I think that Billy Madison is, is one of his best, one of my favorites for sure. Um, I actually think that this is probably... Uh, one of my favorites uh, of all of his, and not just of this era, uh, for sure. Um, but so the Rotten Tomato score on that is a seventy-nine percent. I think that's pretty, pretty positive overall. Um, I think that's a it's a good score for Billy Madison. Uh, going into the second film, nineteen ninety-six, uh, Adam Sandler put out Happy Gilmore, which is um, the other half uh, of the namesake of, of Happy Madison, um, like I just talked about. So also iconic. I think also very memorable um still a role that uh adam sandler is, is linked with um quite often and remembered for so happy gilmore is about a hockey player who becomes a golfer uh which is hilarious um so many great quotes in, in happy gilmore um just it's all in the hips it's all in the hips or uh somebody's closer like amazing uh the the subway um, just a random subway commercial as, as a way of, of getting back onto the PGA tour classic, um, 85% rotten tomato score. Amazing. Uh, good, really good score for a really good movie. Um, the next is, is, uh, 1990, also 1996. So two in that year, uh, is bulletproof. And so this is a lesser known one. Um, I did watch this one time, I think in the very early days of streaming on Netflix. Um, and so this is, I think, with Damon Wayans, and it's kind of like a, a buddy road trip uh, comedy. So not, nothing uh, particularly stands out, uh, to be honest, about this one. But 44% Rotten Tomatoes kind of reflects those feelings as well. Um, 1998, uh, we see The Wedding Singer, which I think is another pretty popular, pretty popular Adam Sandler movie. Um, it's the first time we see him team up with Drew Barrymore, uh, which has been um, a combination that we've that we'll see uh, multiple times throughout this conversation. Is Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore clearly seem to get along and work well together, um, have good chemistry on screen? So that's definitely something that not super surprising. But eighty percent score in Rotten Tomatoes for the Wedding Singer, um, and I'll, I'll I'll share my feelings on that one. I think that'll that'll be interesting. I'm I'm not as high. Uh, on on the wedding singer as Rotten Tomatoes is, I'll, I'll put that out there. I don't think it's 
it's necessarily bad. Um, but compared to the these other movies in this era, it's just not my cup of tea. So um, one that I do feel better about uh, is also 1998, The Waterboy. And so this is classic. I love Bobby Boucher. Do uh, you remember the time that Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl? Do you? Uh, amazing, amazing Bobby Boucher. Uh, so, lo- love the Water Boy. It's one of my favorites. Seventy-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, there's kind of a trend here. And I have the numbers in front of me. I made a little spreadsheet here, but uh, there's a trend that you can kind of see those really high scores kind of start to dwindle a little bit, and I'll I'll, I'll get into that, but. Uh, 71% for Waterboy. Um, I think it's as Adam Sandler kind of settling into his brand of comedy and it really picking up um, and, and for some people and also some people falling off of it at that point too. Um, in 1999, so a year later, um, we have Big Daddy. Uh, so Big Daddy uh, stars Adam Sandler as um, kind of an adoptive father like but of this kid that gets kind of left on his doorstep and uh it's actually a really heartfelt movie and uh, one of my favorites for that reason that I, I find myself coming back to more often than a lot of these to be honest um fun fact if you uh, uh watch the sweet life of zach and cody uh dylan and cole sprouse played uh julian uh the son in the, in this movie and so it's uh, i always thought that was interesting but big daddy Iconic or like it, um, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes for that one. The next, I think, is, is a big cliff. is a big cliff in quality, and we go from Big Daddy in 1999 to uh, the new millennium, uh, Little Nicky in 2000. And so Little Nicky is uh, not great. <laughs> and I've not watched this one nearly as much as the others in this list, um, simply because I just have never really clicked with it and um you know no pun intended with click but it's about what the son of satan and trying to you know live up to his father's reputation or or something along those lines i don't even know it's just kind of silly and it's very lewd if i remember correctly and and uh just not good 55 percent on rotten tomatoes um probably i'll you know i'll let you know it's it's my least favorite of these so spoiler alert on that one um, but we get a two-year break in 2002. Mr. Deeds uh, comes out, and this is a good one. I, I really like Mr. Deeds. Um, to be honest, I, I didn't re-watch all of these movies before recording. Um, not because they're not worth re-watching, but because there is a lot of movies, and it really adds up. Um, so it would have been taken a lot of dedication and just a lot of time to get through each of those movies. And... Um, but Mr. Deeds is definitely one that I, I wouldn't be happy to rewatch. Um, I think it's a fun story about just a guy who's in the middle of nowhere, just a good guy. And he ends up with all this, you know, this fortune and this fame and people are trying to figure out who he is. And it's just a culture clash overall. And um, it's a good one. A lot of good laughs in that. Uh, 2003, Anger Management. So Anger Management, I think it's cool because uh, it's Adam Sandler with, with Jack Nicholson. Um fun combination and anger management still uh, tends to be one that like slips my mind. So like if I sat down and I were to try and type out all of these movies, um, anger management is probably one that would slip through the cracks. Although I have seen it more recently than some of these others, like Mr. Deeds that I just mentioned. Um, 
but I think it's cool. I think the whole I feel pretty uh, sequences and the callback to it at the end is pretty funny. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot going on there. And I think it's it's fun as just kind of like a to see him as like a quote unquote normal guy that's like losing it. Um, so not like not a standout by any means, but not terrible. Fun to see Adam Sandler act with Jack Nicholson for sure. I think uh, uh, a real good standout is now the second time that we see Adam Sandler with um, Drew Barrymore. Oh, I don't think I said it, but 60% on Rotten Tomatoes for anger management. But the second time we see Adam Sandler with Drew Barrymore is in 2004's uh, 51st Dates. And this is one of my favorite just like comfort movies. Um, Not necessarily my favorite of this list, and I'll get into that, but... um, a, a definitely a comfort movie for me. It's on TV a lot. I, I noticed MTV has been playing a lot of these movies throughout the day. Um, and 51st States is one that's been on quite often. Um, but this is, if you're not familiar, it is Drew Barrymore plays um, a woman who has had her short-term memory affected in a, in a car accident. And so she has to, she basically resets at the end of every night, doesn't have maintained memories from the day before. And, um, Adam Sandler is, is a man who falls in love with her. And so it's uh, just following, you know, the struggles of that. The one thing with 51st Dates, and I'm not the first one to say this by any means, but it doesn't have like a great ending. And it's not necessarily the film's fault. Um, it's just that that scenario does not have a happy ending. If you think about it, like there's really no good way that that's going to end. I think they did a really good job of like, trying to explain the ins and outs of how they can make it as good as possible. But I always ask myself, like, should they have a kid at the end? And the kid is like what, four or five years old. My question always comes back to her pregnancy. Like, <laughs> did she not just freak out immediately anytime she woke up and she had a, a pregnant belly? Like, and it goes into cardiac arrest, has a stroke. Like, I don't understand how that happened. So there was no great way to end it. They did the best they could. That's my whole 51st Dates tirade there. But I think it's worth mentioning. And I bet you're not going to be able to watch that without thinking about that again. Um, 2005, uh, The Longest Yard comes out. And The Longest Yard is a a remake of an earlier movie starring Burt Reynolds. But Reynolds is in the remake. Uh, different character, but it, it's it's fun callback to have him there for sure. But uh, it's a football movie. And I think it being a football movie, it does get a bump up for me. Um, 51st States is a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. For those of you that noticed I didn't say it, I'm going to remember. going to remember to give the score. But The Longest Yard is a football movie. And I think it gets a bump for my personal ranking for being a sports movie. As sports movies, when they're good, I really enjoy them. If they're bad, I, I tend to really fall off of them pretty quickly. But if they're good quality, like I, I give them a good boost. And and so this is a, a football comedy about being a you know football player in prison and like kind of uniting with the guys and um, you know showing that they got something something to prove and and, and proving it. And uh, there's a lot of awesome cameos in here. So there's if you're a wrestling fan. Uh, there's Goldberg, um, Steve Austin, Kevin Nash, all three of them are in there. Uh, the great Kali before he was the great Kali in WWE, also in the longest yard, making a name for himself. 
you get Chris Rock, which I think is the first appearance of of Chris Rock with Happy or uh, with, with Happy Gilmore with Adam Sandler, and it won't be the last. We'll definitely see them work together again as well. Um, and so that's that's an interesting team up. But Longest Yard, good. It's a good movie. It's a good movie, I, and I liked it better than uh, its ranking in, in the Rotten Tomatoes. I'll, I'll spoil that too. Um, it's sixty two percent Rotten Tomatoes score for the Longest Yard. And then finally, um, the last film in this era is Click in 2006. And I think Click is is an interesting premise. And for a comedy, uh, it's great. You, have to, you don't have to worry about suspending your disbelief necessarily because you know it's a comedy. You know, things are clearly played for laughs. But the idea of having this remote control that controls your life is, I'm sure, something everyone can relate to. Um, it's not necessarily... Um, this abstract idea that no one has thought about. Like, I'm sure everyone has wanted to, um, you know, pause, take some time to think through an answer and explain themselves or, you know, mute their dog that's barking, whatever the case is. But Click, I think, does it pretty well. Um, and it surprisingly hits hard emotionally. Um, I remember seeing this movie in the theater when I was a kid. And so in 2006, I would have been uh, 12. So I was 12 years old with one of my best friends at the time and his like mom and we're watching click. And at the end, I remember just basically bawling. Um, and honestly, I still do to, to this day if I rewatch it. And that's another one I've rewatched recently. Um, and it hits hard uh, and you wouldn't expect it, but it's a, it's a fun time. And then it hits hard emotionally and then it ends up being fun and all works out in the end. But that one's a 66% around tomatoes. So two out of every three critics, thought it was good, which I think is fair. So I, I kind of wanted to just give you the overall encapsulation. That whole era, the average score of those movies is 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that, again, equates to about two out of every three people enjoying the movie that they saw during this era. And that's, I think it's pretty good. It's not, it's not amazing. Like it's, you know, 70 plus, I would think it is really good for an actor um, or anyone working in the industry to kind of have that average um, Rotten Tomatoes score. But you can see it's it's very, very much uh, the number one of the three of these. Um, and I'm sure that's not surprising to anyone who's followed Adam Sandler's career. Uh, but 67% average score for those titles. So um, I really want to just take one quick moment to catch my breath, and we will jump back into this. I want to explain my personal rankings where it compares to the Rotten Tomatoes ranking and kind of highlight some of the biggest differences there. All right, so let's go uh, it, with the Rotten Tomatoes rankings. And let's start at the bottom. We'll work our way up to the top, do the sort of grand reveal thing for the number one. Um, but I'm just going to focus on the Rotten Tomatoes right now. Then uh, we'll kind of shift gears. I'll jump into my ranking and then I'll highlight some of those with the biggest difference uh, and anything really worthwhile uh, for touching on. So um, number 12, there are 12 total films here. Uh, so number 12 in the Rotten Tomatoes ranking is Bulletproof. Not super surprising. It's the kind of black sheep of, of uh, all of these collections of movies here. Uh, but it did fall within that era and it was a comedy that he starred in. So I thought that it still, you know, deserves to be mentioned. But not great overall, um, 12 out of 12. And so uh, next up is Little Nicky. Uh, I kind of gave my spiel on, on Little Nicky and why, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's not the best. And I think that's highlighted here, number 11, 
Um, just above that, for the Rotten Tomatoes ranking, we have Mr. Deeds. This one, there's a little bit of a difference uh, in mine. You can probably tell from the way I talked about Mr. Deeds earlier. Um, above that, Anger Management. And it seems pretty fair, Anger Management. Uh, above that, The Longest Yard. The Longest Yard is uh, one that there's a bigger difference for me. And I'll definitely uh, touch on that. Fifty uh, First Dates is the next one. Followed by Click, The Waterboy, Big Daddy, uh, Billy Madison, The Wedding Singer, and then Happy Gilmore. Um, and so, you know, with Rotten Tomatoes, it, it, it's hit or miss. So that may sound very much in line for some of you. For some of you, it may seem totally strange because you have them in a totally different order. For me, and I'll go again film by film here, but uh, mine are pretty, pretty similar overall. Um, with, I think there's one really big difference and then one kind of somewhat different position. Um, so for me, I also had Bulletproof and Little Nikki as the bottom two. Um, but then I had Anger Management as number 10. And so Anger Management, I talked about it. It's it's a little forgettable. Um, and so it's, it's not really stuck for me. Um, this is the biggest difference. Uh, at number nine, I have The Wedding Singer. And I did talk about how it's just, you know, it's not really my thing. Um, you know, I've caught bits and pieces of it recently, but if not sat down and rewatched the whole thing, maybe it gets bumped up a little bit if I were to rewatch it and kind of really enjoy myself with it. But I, I don't know. So it's the biggest difference. It's number two on the Rotten Tomatoes list, number nine on my list. So a difference of seven spots there. Um, but at number eight for mine, um, I have Mr. Deeds. So it jumps up a couple of spots, but still in kind of the neighborhood. Um, I do enjoy Mr. Deeds. It's it's not at the top of this list, um, but this is a pretty good era overall. I, for me, anyway, I really enjoy most of these. And so even some of the ones at the bottom um, are still pretty high up overall for me. And number seven, I have Click. Um, I think Click is, is good and has those emotional beats. Still not amazing. Um, the Waterboy above that. Uh, the Waterboy, I think is is awesome this, it's interesting because this one's also a sports movie another football movie um like uh, the longest yard but Waterboy doesn't quite get that boost um that the longest yard gets and which speaking of the longest yard it is my number four and so that is another noteworthy difference between my personal ranking number four for the longest yard and number eight on the rotten tomatoes ranking so a difference of four positions there um but I like it. It's uh, the soundtrack's great. We get the Nelly. Uh, here comes the boom in there. It, it's awesome. Longest yard. I will not apologize for enjoying that one. Uh, Billy Madison coming in at number three. That's the same on my list and the Rotten Tomatoes list. Billy Madison, super fun. I would watch that any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Uh, and then for me, number two is Big Daddy. And Big Daddy is a, a little bit of a jump of two positions compared to the Rotten Tomatoes ranking of number four. Um, I think it has um, just like more of a, a personal, uh, I have more of a personal relationship with this movie. I think I talked about it being, uh, you know, one of my comfort movies as well. Um, so Big Daddy is always going to be one that I really enjoy. And I'll be happy to come back to because it's just that, like that 1999 feel that they have in that, in that movie, particularly New York um, is super interesting. It's just like a kind of a fun, aesthetic and i like coming back to it um and then number one is the same on my personal ranking in ron tomatoes which is happy gilmore um 
all those quotes. And I could just, I could quote nonstop, um, but I would sound like a goody tune. Uh, use a little bit of a Sandlerism there. Um, try to sprinkle those in throughout these episodes, but we'll try not to get too heavy with it. Uh, but Happy Gilmore, amazing. It's a classic. Uh, I love it. And uh, it is the number one ranking. Uh, my personal number one Happy Gilmore comedy. <laughs> I keep calling Adam Sandler Happy Gilmore. And that goes to prove my point. Is the number one Adam Sandler comedy film uh, of this golden era, Happy Gilmore. So I, I, I want to uh, take a little bit of a break. And then I'm going to dive into the second uh, of three eras, the buddy era, which is, will be part two of this podcast. Um, that one is going to start with a now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, and then it's going to go at uh, that's 2007 all the way to 2014 with blended. So I'm going to do a very similar format, kind of talk about uh, my general thoughts of the films, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, go over the Rotten Tomatoes ranking, and then talk about my personal ranking and the difference. Uh, if there are any noteworthy differences there. So Thank you so much uh, for listening to part one of this Adam Sandler podcast. Uh, I very much look forward to recording part two, and I really hope that you're looking forward to listening to it. Um, But I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Waiting in the Sky podcast with TJ Starman.